Hello, welcome to our first podcast coming to you from SGV Sound Studios in lovely Alhambra, California. This is the first uh, episode we're doing. Uh, I'm Rick Collins, and I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while, and uh, procrastinated for a long while, but uh, we're getting started here. So this is just an introduction we're giving you all about... uh, who I am, about the space, uh, what we're doing, what the goal is of this podcast. Uh, basically, you know, we're going to start off just uh, having conversations with people that I've met over the years and that I've known, you know, off and on and people I want to meet. And uh, it's an opportunity for me to, like, learn things about people and grow as a person and hear some good stories and also document some of these people that are out there and are in the scene. You know, we're going to really focus on music first in the beginning. Um, And who knows where it's going to go? I mean, there's really no rules as far as what kind of guests we're going to have. It's just whatever is interesting to us and uh, interesting people and people that we want to get to know better. Um, I've had been playing music for many years and um, done a lot of traveling. And what we do here is we have a recording studio. We do live shows, we do events. We have a rehearsal room in the back. And we have meet some people. And I'm just like, man, it would be great if some of these conversations were recorded, if some of these stories that you heard were recorded. So that's the goal. Like, we're just going to hang out. You know, there's lots of podcasts out there, lots of people doing this. And that format, you know, for me is kind of the way I want to go. You know, we just have some drinks. We get relaxed. People do whatever they want to do. And we just start, let it roll and start talking. So, um, yeah, a little bit about me. I mean, I've been, you know, uh, been playing music for many years. I started in high school, um, moved to Hollywood. As soon as I graduated from high school, went straight to Hollywood. And this is like the late 80s. And everything was heavy metal back then. It was all hair metal, just nothing but butt rock and hair metal. And we were more like punks and like into like, you know, harder music. And it was a weird time, you know, at that time to grow up and living so close to Hollywood. I mean, we're only about probably about six miles from downtown, maybe about 10 miles from Hollywood. So we would all just jump in cars and go down there and party and do our thing and see gigs and see bands. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, I met like, you know, when I was 18 years old and I moved out, I met um, Arthur Lee from the band Love and Sky Saxon from the band The Seeds at a recording studio called Silver Moon Studios, which is over by uh, La Cienega and Beverly, near the Beverly Center. And in that area, you wouldn't expect to have such a cool little like outpost pocket studio of music happening in that area. It was right next to Trashy Lingerie, which I think is still there. But um, we went out there. We all moved into a one-bedroom apartment. I joined a band called the Venusians, these two guys from Boston, Jeff Cabot, Jeff Martin. And I was just a kid. I go out there to meet these guys. We met on the, on out of the Recycler. Somebody put an ad in this paper they used to have called the Recycler, and that's how you had to meet musicians back then before the Internet. And they had an ad 
And I think it said something like garage, garage band from Boston members looking for a bass player. And they mentioned some bands. Some of the bands were, you know, cool names, bands that I recognized. And uh, moved out there to one bedroom apartment right near Yucca and Vine. It was on Princess Grace Avenue, right by Playboy Liquor, which is still there. Uh, and maybe some of you might remember the club Hell's Gate. And uh, although it wasn't Hell's Gate yet, it was something else. I can't remember what it was. But it was a nasty little area. Lots of drugs. Crack cocaine was new. Um, so, you know, you see all these guys walking around with their torn jeans and makeup, like trying to be poison or rat. And we were just a garage band. Like these little, we were into like, you know, garage rock. You know, the Pebbles comps were the first thing that, you know, turned me on to garage rock, which was like, uh, Pebbles Volumes 1 I think my favorite one was 5 And it was said Garage Punk Original Garage Punk And that's what these guys were really into So uh, Jeff Cabot The singer who later went on to be in a band Called the Super Cools And he's still around I think he has a little. He has an internet radio show he's doing And he still uh, writes songs And You'll come to hear about him later on, I'm sure, through some of these conversations episodes. I actually should have him on as a guest. Some wild stories. But we um, looked at the back of an album. It was a label called Vox, which is uh, Greg Shaw's label. He owned Bomp and Vox Records. And it said record at Silvery Moon Studios, and, and it had uh, an address. I think it might have even had a phone number. I don't remember. But Gary Stern owned the studio. And he was did he did like the Telltale Hearts, he did the Gravedigger Five, the Miracle Workers, the Pandoras, and that was the stuff that we were into. So you know, we're, there wasn't many of us around. It was like the they call it the Paisley Underground in the eighties, and uh, so we called him. He happened to answer the phone, and he said, "Come on down." You know, everybody was living; those guys were living in a one bedroom apartment, <laughs> like four people crammed in there. And uh, he's like, what are you doing today? Just come down. Come down today. You guys sound like a cool band. Bring your gear. And we're like, what? So we go down there. And um, I think they had a speed-up station wagon, like a late 60s station wagon that was falling apart. We drove down there, unloaded all our gear. Uh, this guy's got a bitchin' studio. It used to belong. It was built by the band Air Supply, which couldn't have been further from what we were into. But the studio was cool. It was all like railroad um uh, ties like this walls just of wood and like really warm studio it was an analog studio it had um a really nice tracking room it had a little hangout patio area in the back it had a little another room with glass where people can just kind of chill and hang out and watch the bands record and we went in there and we uh we, minute we get there he's got long hair He's he's uh he's got a joint hanging out of his mouth. He looks like somebody out of like the um, the Freak Brothers comics, and he's like, "Hey, you guys smoke weed, man!" And points to the, his, his mixing board, and he's got like a pound of weed sitting on the board, and all the the bag was just kind of rolled open and open. And he's like, "Take a dip, man. Go ahead, just grab a grab a nug and have at it." <laughs> so we're like, "Yeah, cool. This guy's great." So we uh, get there, we set up. We play our, we're starting to play our set. He mics everything up. Everyone's drinking, having a good time. And he couldn't be cooler. And uh, so, I don't know, after a while, he holds up, calls somebody. He has us play. He's holding the phone up. We could see him through the glass. And he tells us to stop. 
talks to the guy for a little bit on the phone. He's like, all right, that was Greg Shaw. He said he'll put out your record. And we're like, what? Just like that, boom, you can be on the al- on the label of the album you were looking at to get my address. So it's like, perfect. And I was like, all right, this is easy. This is going to be easy to make it in music. Little did I know. <laughs> but um, we did do a whole album with him. Never came out because we got in a huge fight. Gil and the drummer and I got into a fight, and we got into a fist up. On the, we were supposed to have a f- photo shoot for the album. The album was done, and um, I think he grabbed my bass, and he was going to hit me with my own bass. I think I punched him. Uh, but it was all over something. St- I think he, we were late, and he was blaming me. I was blaming him, and uh, the photographer left, so he didn't do the photo shoot. So we didn't, uh, that album actually never came out. And um, I'm bummed it never came out. It would have been great. I still have it. Um, Greg just said, you know, I can't put on an album with a band that just broke up, you know. And all kinds of other stuff were going on, and that kind of killed the band. And it was a tough time. It was hard to get gigs. We were playing with sh- shitty bands like Steel Rose, you know, and all these bands. Like We, we couldn't get, like, gigs there just wasn't enough bands at the time that were into what we were doing. Matter of fact, we played Gazaris and it wound up being a riot because we were just like, they booked us on the show. It was this old Hollywood guy with a toupee. You know, he'd probably been, he's been in the business since the sixties and he had an office like on the East side of Sunset Boulevard. And he had contacted us for a show. I'd seen we were doing some stuff. He had this little contract, and you're going to play Gazzari's, and we're going to go back to the way it used to be, like when the Doors used to play there. And we're like, Gazzari's, well, that's like a butt rock hair metal place. Like, why do you want us to play there? He's like, no, 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 it's going to be bands like you guys. You know, we're going to bring that that kind of 60s uh, uh, music style back, you know, and do a night featuring you guys. So we're like, oh, all right, cool. I mean, but we were clueless and young, and we weren't really paying attention. And, you know, there's a lot of other things going on, a lot of doing a lot of things we shouldn't have been doing. But we get there and uh, we figure out that it's all hair metal bands on spandex. You know, like they're all hair metal. We show up with our, you know, four-piece Ludwig kit, you know, Fender amps, Rickenbackers. You know, I think I had a teardrop bass. And we're just not anything like what this show, what the rest of the bands were. I remember Rodney Bingenheimer came and he was our it was our big chance to like play and like he's coming to your show oh rodney's coming he's gonna play us maybe he'll play us on the radio and i think he got freaked out because we were backstage he was backstage i remember that was the first time second time i met him i met him in high school when i did a dance contest funny enough and he was djing we won but that's another story and uh we go we go backstage and uh, our singer jeff got pretty upset and as i remember it he just started drinking Jack Daniels and he was a pretty heavy drinker and he could really go. So he was just like down and pissed off about the show. We hadn't even played yet. And I remember at soundcheck too, this like metal, like six foot two, like metal dude was like, this is your kit, man. That's it. Where's your double bass, bro? Oh, where's your stacks? You know, just being a total dick. And uh, we're like, just the vibes are terrible. So we were kind of getting pissed off backstage and just getting ornery about the whole thing. And Jeff had already, I think, gotten his head that he was going to do something to like show them 
that we were we weren't going to be putting up with that shit and he was going to do something kind of dangerous and that's just the kind of guy he was you know so Rodney I think got scared and he left because he didn't even watch us play but he just kind of was like these guys are crazy and he left but when we played Jeff just started going on a rant about music and he's like, you got Jim Morrison painted that like a mural of Jim Morrison's face and bands that had played there on the walls. You know, like, who knows, Joplin or whoever. I think it was mostly LA bands painted on the walls. And he's saying, you have this mural painted and you just have nothing but these lame ass hair metal bands. And he's just talking loads of shit. And he just, I think he poured a beer in the monitor. And then just started kicking monitors over. And then I think I was like, all right, cool, it's on. So I pushed over some speakers. And that's how we were, you know, we were a little bit, we were a little on the violent side if we had to be. And um, we had this guy, Jim, he's like one of those Hollywood characters that you see to this day, just someone that has nothing going on from their small town, like in Oklahoma, and they just moved to Hollywood. They don't even necessarily play an instrument, but they just want to get out of their town and go to Hollywood. And back then it was even more so. I mean, it still happens, but he was just this like drifter guy, but he attached himself to us and used to hang with us and do drugs and drink and all that with us. And um, he's kind of a, a big farm boy, but he knew karate. So like, oh, cool. He could be like our roadie and he could fight too. Like there's a lot of fighting back then. So uh, he was uh, with us. And he was pissed, too, and he had our back. And the sound guy came running, of course, understandably so, or trashing his PA. And then Jeff just launches off the stage. And they used to have these ridiculous risers at Gazzari's. It was like a riser, then another riser, and then another riser for the drums. Like a cake, like a wedding cake. And um, I think he jumped off from the second riser and just landed on this couple's table. And it was actually pretty full. The club was pretty full. But they had little tables, too. And he landed on the table, broke his collarbone, smashed the table, pissed off the guy who was sitting there with his chick. And they had like they both had the same hair, all frosted, frizzed out, metal hair. Uh, so <laughs> breaks the table. Um, next thing you know, people are throwing glasses. It, other people start fighting. They had these rent-a-cops. I'm fighting one of them. And then here comes the sound guy. And he wasn't a little dude. Like I said, he was like six. He might have even been six five. So a lot of those guys were tall. So he comes, he's running towards us. And I just see, uh, oh, God, I forgot his name. But uh, the farm boy, the roadie, the karate guy, Jim, does this beautiful roundhouse kick. Whap. And just, like, he was a lot shorter than him, too. And I just remember being amazed how he got air with that foot and connected right with this like glam dude's face knocked him out <laughs> and that's just how it went pepper spray came out we started getting sprayed with pepper spray uh we just grabbed what we could ran out i remember my uncle randy who you'll hear about him he's the guy that i learned to play with he's my uncle but my he's my mother's mother's son they're both pregnant at the same time i'm actually two weeks older than my uncle but I digress. So we're the guys who learned to play together. He was playing guitar in the band. He bolted like first. <laughs> he didn't even get any licks in. Um, so everybody's trying to pack as much as they can as we're people are grabbing us, fighting. So we left a lot of stuff behind. We left our amps. 
Uh, we didn't get everything. I left my base, um, and we left. We ran out before he get arrested. Uh, then the next day, we're just all sitting in the apartment, and you know, we're just drinking, and we're like, "Wow, that was crazy." We're like, "Well, what about our gear?" You know, like we we need our amps. I mean, we were broke. We were all broke. Nobody had money. Everyone was barely existing. So we had the bright idea to go get our stuff back the next day. So I don't even know how we got this idea, but we went to the sheriff's. Um, there was a sheriff's station right by there in West Hollywood. And we had this contract. And we're like, wait a minute. We're not on the hook for anything. This guy booked the night. We're just the higher talent. It doesn't say anything about us being responsible. And they can't just keep our stuff. So maybe it was a girlfriend that had was smarter than us that thought of this. So we go to the, the station and, you know, here comes this ragtag band just totally hung over and probably still drinking and drunk. And we go into the station and we're like, Hey, we played this place. Gazari's this happened. Our gears there. We want it back. We, I think we went by there too. And they're like pissed. They're like, get the hell out of here before we kill you. So sheriff's like, well, you can't do that. Let me see your contract. And they were cool. They looked at the papers like, well, you need to get your you need to get your stuff back. Like, you know what? We'll scare, we'll go down there and meet you down there. So two sheriffs meet us down there and they were sound checking for the next night. So it's probably like around six, six, five, six o'clock, and they're repairing things. You see, like they're trying to fix some of the stuff. They're putting up new PA stuff. And um <laughs> so we go in there and the sheriff's like, hey. You have some of their equipment here from last night. The manager's livid. He's like, they did this. Look at what they did. Look what he's like, doesn't matter. You, there's a process for that. You need to sue them. And, you know, we need to, this is as a way of doing that. You can't just keep somebody's equipment. And they're like, well, we don't have it. The toupee, old school, polyester brown guy who booked them has it. Because he came by and was livid and grabbed all their gear. Because now he's on the hook for paying us for these damages. <laughs> so we call him up and he's still in his office. We So the sheriffs go with us to his office. I mean, I have to say, probably the first time sheriffs were ever cool to us. So we go down there and he's livid as well. And he had an elevator and he did the, we get in the elevator and the sheriffs, well, first we, we talked to him on the intercom or the call box or whatever. And he's like, he would, didn't want to give it to us. Sheriff's saying, no, you have to. So they let us in. He comes down, lets us in. Now we're now in the elevator going up to his office to grab all our gear. Talk about awkward. So we have a sheriff, this guy, and a couple of us in the band. I'll never forget. He's like, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've never had a band as awful as you. And that's, and you are blacklisted from Hollywood. You will never play this town again, ever. And I remember Jeff and I looked at us, and we just started laughing in his face. We were like, <laughs> like, yeah, right, whatever, man. Whatever, dude, cool. We're never playing Hollywood again, all right. <laughs> so we go to his his office and he has to give us everything. He gives us everything back. And um, we went on our merry way and uh, got away with it. So yeah, that's that was probably late 80s, 1989, 88, somewhere around there. How long before you played Hollywood again? Oh, like next week. <laughs> played Club 88 last night that they were open. Club 88, another classic club on Pico. Tons of classic bands played there, like X and blah, blah, blah. 
and we played the last night it was open their closing night it's kind of an end of an era for that it was a dive bar but it was a cool dive bar lots of cool bands played there but uh yeah so we get a call probably a week later and it's bill gazzari himself so some of you might have seen that movie decline of western civilization part two the metal years and he's in there and he's like this italian guy with this big personality he's like he you just gotta watch it he's just he's a he's a character and that was his club and he used to do these really cheesy like wet t-shirt contests with the metal chicks and he'd say we have the hottest dudes and the hottest chicks at Gazzari's, you know stuff like that so he calls us and uh jeff answers the phone and he's talking to some he's like it's bill Gazzari. Like, what? And he's talking to him, blah, 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 blah. We don't know what he's saying. And then you just hear Jeff's like, no, I hope you die or just like die. And he hangs the phone up. <laughs> so we're like, well, what did he want? He's like, he was just saying like, hey, you guys, we didn't know you were that kind of band. Look, if you like destroying things, we can like set things up. We could set props. We could even have fire. You know, he's like, because the press was great. Because band, I think it was Band Magazine or some, some, it got press. Like people were talking about this band that started a riot. So, and he's telling Jeff, like, you know, all press is good press. And, you know, we can work with this. Like, like let's book you, let's get you in here quick while we got this, while we, oh, you're kind of hot. And uh, Jeff was having none of it. In hindsight, like, that's pretty cool, the guy, you know, to like not be pissed off that we thrashed his club and beat up a lot of his staff. <laughs> but uh, so anyways he called him and jeff didn't want to do it and uh bill gazzari i think died a month later he had a heart attack and then jeff was like i wonder i hope it wasn't yeah so that's a gazzari story um so you'll be hearing a lot more stories like this so you know uh, th through the years you know that that was like 1980 like i said late 80s so, you know, I I went on to play with Sky Saxon and the Seeds. I was in a punk band called D-Cry. I was in a punk band called Tongue. I played did some time with the Stains for a while. A lot of LA bands. We're going to be probably focusing on a lot of Los Angeles characters uh, on our the first few episodes. Um, you know, just people in the scene, people I've met, people I want to meet, people that come through here. Again, we're at SGV Sound Studios. This studio I've had for about four years. We do record bands here. We just recorded the new Premonitions album. We recorded a single for a band called The Sound Reasons, The Killing Floor. So, you know, some of these characters that I meet, I want to have on the show. And, um, you know, I have help here, too. Uh, helping me today is Mario Zermino, old friend of mine. And, uh, you know, he was a singer in a band that we used to, uh, 13 and Neophilia, and we used to play back in the day when uh, I was in a band called Tongue. And so, you know, we have a lot of history, a lot of stories you're gonna be hearing from him. Um, my buddy Joey Welcher's helping us here as well. I've known him forever and, uh, he, you know, he's also a musician. He's in a band called Sisters of the Black Mountain. He played with the Beaters. He's got stories, you know, um, hey bro. That's what we call them. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. So, you know, and some of the guests that we're going to have are people that may not be around much longer, you know, just to be perfectly honest. And we want to capture these interviews and some of these stories that they tell that I've heard, you know, when I've been hanging out with them. I think you'll be happy. Uh, 
and surprised when you see some of the guests that we have lined up for you. There's some pretty uh, pretty cool characters, people in the punk scene, people in the garage scene, people just in general, you know, in good, in good rock and roll bands, you know, um, maybe even a hair metal guy or two. Maybe I'll allow, maybe I will allow one hair metaler on the show. We'll see. Preferably, they still wear makeup. But uh, yeah, so that's that's our goal. And, um, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. This is brand new for me. So it's going to be a learning process for us as well. And, uh, you know, just going to see what happens. So thanks for joining me on this first uh, episode. And um, I'm going to be going and trying to wrestle in some uh, guests. I mean, we have a band coming in to rehearse right now with somebody that I want to I want to interview that was in a great band. Uh, from the late 70s here in Los Angeles, one of the first uh, wave punk rockers from L.A. I won't tell you who that is yet. But as soon as we're done taping right now, I'm going to go talk to him about being a guest. So that's kind of like how we're going to roll it. And, um, you know, we'll also be getting some other people from other places. We might be doing some Skype interviews here and there if there's somebody that we really want to get. Um, but, yeah, so thanks for joining us. And until next time, we'll see you then, Cretans. Follow us.